and welcome to The Hard Count. We are your hosts, Rick Testerman. Colin Montgomery. And this week we have a special guest. I'm Sean Lapard. Uh, this is a, uh, a sports-centered podcast aimed at bringing you all the sports information we find interesting. This week, the count is four. Our first count is sporting without fans. Our second count is the college commissioners and what they've said about college sports. Our third count is eSports and the role that they will play going forward. And our final count, the hard count, is the NFL draft coming up on April 22nd. Welcome to the hard count. Before we go any further in this podcast, we want should be five. What's our fifth? What did I say? Well, we've been doing uh, during all of our quarantine and stuff. Oh, well, we'll add a fifth one, and we'll, we'll talk about the quarantine and where that's taking us as well. But before we go any further in this podcast, we do want to give a disclaimer that this podcast will show bias toward our favorite teams, and we will sometimes dip into not-safe-for-work uh, not language. With that being said, let's get right into it. We'll actually make our first count uh, what we're doing during quarantine. Uh, Kobe, what, what have you been doing during quarantine this last week or so? I've uh, been watching – So what what sport have you been watching? Uh, The Australian uh, Football League. The Australian Football League. Now, I I know that you've been getting into it not only watching it, but you've also been talking to other fans on Twitter. Uh, Tell me some about that. So I uh, I put on Twitter that I was uh, watching a uh, Adelaide Crows and a Geelong Cats game, and uh, Adelaide – uh, messaged me on Twitter, welcomed me to the AFL, and so I chose them as my favorite team just right off the bat since they were the first ones to uh, to reach out. And since then, uh, uh, a lot of different people from Australia have reached out to answer my questions and everything. It's been pretty cool. So the awesome part about it, like, of course, you, you've had to be watching older games because, of course, nobody's playing any new sports right now. Um, right. The as, AFL as far as suspended as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, with, with the games being suspended, you're having to watch older games. I thought it was awesome that on Twitter they were telling you specific games to go watch because of their entertainment and rewatch value. Oh, yeah. They were telling me one, uh, uh, one game where – or it wasn't more of a game. It was just more of the atmosphere of kind of what happened throughout the season. Uh, the Adelaide coach got murdered in 2015 by his own son. Oh, God. He got stabbed 20 times. But wasn't, but it technically wasn't murder. It was only mans or something or like. A, it was like their version of manslaughter. It was their man version of manslaughter, but they couldn't convict him of murder because of his incompetence or mentally incompetence, whatever they, whatever the article said. Yeah, like the Australian version of insanity. Yeah, Aussie rules, you know, for insanity. There. <laughs> but so it was just showing that, like. Uh, uh, everybody thought the team was going to buckle after that, but they actually went on to win, go to the grand final and unfortunately lose that. But it just showed where that team was at after kind of a you know, uh, it, it, tragic thing happening. It, it's crazy. Some people crumble under pressure, and then some people it brings them closer together. For that team the, to go through something that horrific, you know, and then come together closer, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to do that instead of buckling. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's just a, it's been a fun uh, sports watch. Sean's been watching some with me. It's it's a punter's dream, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can hit from any angle. 
Uh, no pads. You can hit from the shoulder to the knees. Um, that's fair game. Um, and you can literally jump off people's backs and like springboard off of them. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah you got to watch it, man. It's it is it's it's yeah. Crazy. There's there's some hard hits. Though so what we should take over, it might take over football for me. So for <laughs> our podcast, we should you know, and we can do supplemental podcasts in between our normal ones, but we should absolutely watch a game and then break down what we saw, especially like I'm, I'm a layman in this, right? So I, I have no idea what I would be watching or anything like that, which is kind of where you were before you started watching. And we could go, you know, from an American standpoint, what we think and, and you know, as far as the sport. And I think that that would be awesome. And we could get new people into a sport much the way you got into it. Well, uh, what have you been getting into, Sean? Uh, just – playing lots of games i've been watching more tv than i uh have in like the past eight years <laughs> is, uh... <laughs> yeah well, so what, what have you been playing? what was that what have you been playing uh mountain blade banner lord uh just came out so i've been putting a lot of hours into that otherwise just fifa got to keep some kind of sports interest going Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, with that being said, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. It was actually what I had as our third count today, eSports and their role going forward. So that's just, you know, a, a little, uh, you know, uh, a little foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about as far as FIFA. And, um, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's sh- um, uh, a lot of the teams that were supposed to be having their games and stuff like Nashville these last few weeks, um, and a lot of these – MLS teams have EM, EMLS players. So our uh, our ML, MLS players have been playing the teams that we were supposed to be playing um, on days that we were supposed to be playing. So that's one thing that's um, been pretty cool. And they actually play with the team. So I was like, we get to see all the, um, the players and stuff actually on the game. So that's pretty cool. So MLB The Show uh, is coming out or has come out. And um, – they're playing different major league players from every team are playing as their team and they're playing online. And for the Atlanta Braves, it's been Luke Jackson. Uh, he, he was one of our pitchers and he's been playing uh, in that. And he hit, to, he, he won in the, I think it was the bottom of the 10th or the bottom of the 11th the other day. Uh, he hit a home run with Nick Markakis. And I remember they showed a video of him celebrating and then it panned over to show Nick Markakis just being like, hey, right there beside him. <laughs> So esports has just been a huge thing to kind of be watching because I mean it's it's really the only live thing that we have right now. So yeah, it is. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll just jump to the third count. And we'll make it our first one. You know, since we're already talking about esports, um, I I've been watching uh, what's called the Stay and Play Cup. Um, it's a ton of people playing FIFA. Uh, they had a bracketed system as to who was going to play who. Um, and it's it's all of these people who play professionally the the FIFA games, and they have been wonderful games. Like I, because I work at Buffalo Wild Wings, and there's no sports on, we've had that playing every day. And I've been so wrapped up in in people playing these FIFA games that I remember there I, I watched a full match, and it was at the end. It was like the 91st or 92nd minute. There was a guy who scored, and he ended up winning one nil. And uh, it was just weird to be in the middle of the restaurant with nobody else there. And then all of a sudden you just heard, yes, 
you know, in a game that like I didn't even really. It was two teams I hadn't even heard of, but it's just, any. It was just sports, you know, and and to be able to have that definitely was important. Yeah, just to just to get invested in something. It's, <laughs> oh yeah, and and esports did get some TV airplay before uh, all this started, but not a whole lot in comparison. I mean, you'd see like uh, FIFA and League of Legends, and the, and maybe sometimes Overwatch on like the higher ESPN channels and stuff, but. So here, here's the question that I have for both of you. Because of the increased viewership, because of COVID right now, you know, that's the only sports that they can put on, have they shown that they should have a consistent uh, channel or a consistent time slot that those games should fill? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I haven't seen the exact numbers for the increased viewership, but it's like I said, it's something for people to get invested to. And if they they have been showing uh, some FIFA on ESPN two, and I'm sure people are tuning in. Uh, uh, go I think ahead. One thing, I mean, uh, I think it was a year ago, uh, Beluga won I think like sixteen million dollars. I don't know if that's right or not. Playing Fortnite. Okay. So. There's money in esports. I mean, some of these players are making millions of dollars a year, and they've got their houses paid for, or they're living on a house with their teammates all paid for, all their food is paid for, their vehicles are paid for, all their schooling's paid for. Um, I mean, it's 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 a job these days now to be a gamer. And that's if you if you would have told me 15 years ago that you could have a, a job as a as a gamer. And to be sponsored this much and to be put on national TV, I would have said no. Nah. Not in another maybe 30, 40 years. Right. So there, just the- there's a Netflix series called Explain. And they had one that covered esports. And the guy really hit the nail on the head when he said, you know, when I was a kid, esports, you know, what you thought of was whenever you went and you had a friend who was really good at Goldeneye. You know, and then your friends would talk to their other friends group and say, oh, yeah, you're good at Goldeneye, but I played this other guy and he's real good. So you would meet up at somebody's house. And that was the only real like e-gaming sporting that you had at that. Right. Point. So to see it have grown from that to what it is now, where e-gaming is the largest sport in South Korea, I know. And that's where they have a lot of their tournaments and things. Uh, there, there are tons of people, but they play like StarCraft. They play yeah, FIFA. Starcraft, they, uh, they play League of, League of Legends. They play PUBG. They play Fortnite. Like all of these games are, are showing that, you know, you can put competitions around them and people will not only watch them online or on their TV, but they're selling out entire uh, arenas for people to come watch them play. They're starting to build like uh, esports specific arenas now. Oh yeah, and and it I believe that that will be one of the biggest things going forward because right now, like your biggest problem is the hurdle of having people have their own computer setups or gaming setups to get into it, and that's a bigger hurdle than a lot of sports that you have. So if you're playing soccer, you know you have to buy your pads, but typically the leagues provide you with your jerseys and things like that. If you play baseball, they typically provide you with jerseys, but you need a helmet, a bat club you know if you play football you know at least at the schools i played for they provided you with your pads you literally just had to buy cleats and show up you know so other than the hurdle of getting people you know the availability to get into it i believe that it will be a super fast phone now like there's professional call of duty players for for the mobile version oh yeah 
Yeah, I think internet availability is a big hurdle too, because you know obviously people in urban areas are going to have a much bigger advantage over uh, people in rural areas who are trying to get into it, just because of uh, like choice of internet providers and bandwidth. Um, and uh, another thing I wanted to mention earlier was uh, in regard to a channel. Um, I think it'll be difficult. Like while there is the audience for it, uh, Twitch already has like the vast majority of the market share and viewership on that. And ESPN would have to wrestle, uh, wrestle some of the viewership away from Twitch. And uh, 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 like part of the problem with that is most of the viewership for esports is younger. And uh, uh, most of the people who watch TV now, not, uh, not like ESPN plus or other streaming platforms are gonna be older and they'll be a lot harder to win over to uh, esports. So the one thing so I will be- the one thing I will say about that is ESPN is owned by Disney and they do not lack for money. So with them seeing this increased viewership, I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN went out or Disney Corp or whoever went out and tried to acquire Twitch. Because you're absolutely right, that's who's getting the vast majority of it. Even so much that like. Uh, Jay, like, and my younger brother and I, like, on Thursdays we do what's called Thirsty Thursdays, uh, and we twit or we Twitch stream different games, usually Jackbox games, so we can get viewer interaction. Uh, but on Thursdays, you know, we've even joined the Twitch craze during this coronavirus. Facebook is actually becoming a big player in the uh, game streaming business. Actually, a lot of big actually streamers that I've watched in the past. I've actually moved over Facebook because they've had problems with Twitch, actually. I wasn't really aware of that. Yeah, I, I had not heard of that. There's also another uh, streaming service, Mixer, I think. Yeah, that's the one that... Uh, Ninja's on right yeah. now. So Ninja, the top, uh, the top gamer, one of the top gamers, one of the most more endorsed gamers, is not even on Twitch. He's actually with Mixer. So there's a few different platforms to play on, but right now everybody really knows about Twitch. Right, but that uh, that's an interesting one because with uh, Ninja, because uh, if uh, ESPN or whoever could entice some of the bigger streamers off of Twitch, then they could easily, and they have the money to do that, like you said, then they could easily increase their their viewership. Sorry about that, uh, but yeah, they they absolutely could. Um, so moving on to our next count, uh, we're going to go back up to the first one. Um, they're talking, and, and this has been several major leagues, the NFL and the NBA are the two that I've heard the most about it. Um, but they're talking about continuing to play their sports or, or opening them back up without fans, uh, without having an audience in front of them. Uh, what, what do you think about that, Sean? Um, I think it's probably the only way to proceed, really. Uh, the big problem right now, uh, especially with the leagues that have been interrupted is that without any TV viewership, they're like hemorrhaging money. Um, and so, right. So I think. You have to keep a revenue stream of some sort. And if, if you can do it and still get it on TV, um, you know, you're, 
your TV streaming, you know, your MLB network, your NFL network, Big, Big Ten network, ACC, all of those will, will have an increased amount of money. Um, you know, so that will definitely help them. Um, but I, I agree with you until there's a vaccine or there's some way that we know that people um, can be safe going out in public. You know, I don't see how we can have not only sporting events, but any kind of large gathering, whether it be like concerts or, yeah, or movies or, or things like right. that. Two points on that. Uh, going back to the uh, games with no fans, uh, Bundesliga is actually uh, possibly going to be returning May 6th um, and obviously continue without fans. Um, the only really sport that I've really seem to do this more or not is soccer, you know, but it's more or less in a, 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 a the team got in trouble or the fan base got in trouble and it's more of a sanction that you can't have fans because they misbehaved or something. Um, I know it's happened in, uh, it happened in Baltimore when the uh, Baltimore riots were going on and um, nobody really ever seen that kind of thing in the States, you know, empty MLB Stadium game going on, and the announcers sound like they're calling golf game, but it's a baseball game. Uh, yeah, it, it's eerie to watch those games and to have literally no sound from the crowd that's not there. You know, right. um, as far as a play, as far as a player being in that situation, it's got to be weird because you're used to having the excitement around the game and and the buzz of the fans. Like there's an energy that comes from just having that many people together at one time. And, and you're losing them. Yeah, I and mean, there's a lot of players that, I mean, they play for the fans. You know, that's the whole reason they're in this, you know. So they- uh, I think LeBron is – yeah, LeBron is the one who came out and said, if the fans aren't here, what's the point? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, and part of me understands that. You know, part of me understands that, you know, you want that thrill of being in front of people, you know, but at the same time, they always say that, you should take the fans out of it. Uh, there, there's the movie for love of the game with Kevin Costner. And it's one of my favorites. And he had, you know, he keeps saying throughout the movie, clear the machine. And, uh, you know, he takes all the fans out of it and it's just him and the catcher. And, you know, so it, it's an interesting dynamic where you will have some players that, um, you know, it, it's not going to affect them because they're literally there just to play the game. But I think you'll have several that will have a problem with it. So moving on to uh, college sports, uh, you know, the we don't have to worry about it at all if they're going to play in front of fans or not because uh, all of the college commissioners, or at least of the Power Five conferences, have all come out and say that there will be no college sports until students come back. Uh, and, and I personally love that because whenever you're talking about these kids, they are student athletes not athlete students the student part has to come first and if we're saying that it's not safe for these kids to come back to class i don't feel it's right for us to be doing stuff to be making money off of them how do you all feel about it right yeah i agree as well they're not already doing that you know they're already keeping their benefits off these kids where the kids get nothing of it until they go to the pro level you know so i completely agree 
And it, it's not just, you know, we think of sports as, you know, football, baseball, basketball. But, you know, this is all sports, including the ones that, you know, we may say may not have the, the greatest viewership out there, you know, outside of parents or coaches or things like that. Um, but they will have to go under this as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody has to go under this. Um, I mean, fall sports, the spring sports, the summer sports, you know, everything's going to be affected now. Uh, the NCAA is also giving uh, all of the athletes that are spring athletes that got cut short this year, and I'm assuming they're going to do it for the fall sports because I don't see any way that we're going to be open for fall sports, uh, but they've given them all an extra year of eligibility for their given sport. And, and I think that that's absolutely wonderful um, in the idea that, hey, this is something that, you know, some of you, not necessarily all of you, but some of you are going to be trying to make money off of going forward. But more importantly, it's a scholarship. So by extending uh, their ability to continue to go to school off of these scholarships, giving them an extra semester was definitely the best thing that the uh, NCAA has done in a long time. So I'm going to take a quick turn. It's still college, uh, still college basketball related. The, uh, I believe it's the number one prospect as soon as people go college and go to the G. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? So, I don't like it, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I think that if you have the talent to be able to play, you your eyes get big, and you say, look at this paycheck that I can make. However, if you go to school and get a degree, whenever you go into the NFL or the NBA, like this guy, you know, he's going into the G League, let's imagine he goes into the G League and foregoes college, right? And, that, and that's his plan right now. If he goes in and in his first practice, he, you know, he twists his knee and he tears his ACL or his MCL or his, or his LCL, his career could be over. Now nobody's offering him any money to go to school for free. I believe it's a poor decision. I don't care how great of an athlete you are to go completely – like to, to say that there's not a chance that you get injured is, is ridiculous to me. I feel that you should take the chance to get your education. That way, if, if the worst happens – and I don't wish anything bad on this young man, but if the worst were to happen and he were to injure himself in a way that he couldn't play any longer, he needs something to fall back on. Right. And then there's always the question of what uh, what they're going to do after their sports career, because as on average, some of these like top level careers can be pretty short. And if you're not smart with your money and saving it up, like while you're playing, then you and a lot of players find themselves in trouble after they retire or are forced out. Oh, yeah. And, and I would full well recommend any, anybody going into professional sports, the very first thing you should spend your money on is an accountant to make sure that you continue to have that money. And then the second person I say that everybody who has that amount of money should spend their money on is the lawyer to watch their accountant. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. So, but going on, we'll we'll talk a little bit of a little bit more about money with our next topic. Uh, it's the NFL draft, which is happening in two days. This is going to come out on April twentieth. So, in two days, on Thursday, uh, April twenty second, we have the NFL draft, which is going to take uh, place behind closed doors, which we all understand because of COVID, that's a necessity. But how do you think that's going to be held virtually, pretty much? 
Right, that's what I was saying as well. Yeah, it's going to be held pretty much virtually. And what's, uh, I was uh, stuff on Twitter about uh, they were doing some run-throughs and some mock drafts uh, with a program that they're going to be using over the next few days. And uh, uh, on the Bengals' first pick, I believe, they had a two-and-a-half-minute glitch that caused the delay. So, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, the Bengals are going to uh, fuck this up somehow. And, <laughs> They all like if there's one thing I can guarantee, it's that the Bengals will make a terrible pick. I mean, even if they go with Joe Burrow, which everybody believes that they're going to right now, even though Joe Burrow played out of his mind this last season, I still don't believe that he's the best quarterback going in the draft. Who do you think is the best quarterback? Um, so out of the quarterbacks that's going, I would personally choose Jordan Love. Um, you know, there are some people saying that he might even slip all the way to the second round, you know. But, I mean, Joe Burrow has one good season that he's played, right? Uh, to like, a, to uh, of all- from, from where he was the previous year to where he went this year, the improvement that he has. He has, but it's hard for me to say off based off one season, you know, what you can do. Uh, I honestly believe that uh, Jordan Love is going to be a really good quarterback. I believe that um, uh, is. I don't think Fields is coming out this year, but uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Eason, Jacob Eason, the guy who came from Georgia and then he went up to Washington. You know, even though his numbers weren't stellar this year, um, I, I honestly think which he fits that mold that I like of a quarterback: six five, six six, two hundred and fifteen to two hundred and twenty five pounds. Like that to me is the prototype quarterback that everybody should look for. You know, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's got it between the ears. Like, I really think that, that Jacob Eason is going to be – whoever picks him up, they've definitely got a gym. Yeah. So, but here, here's another question going on about the draft. So, we all know that whenever you get drafted, players get a signing bonus, right? So, immediately whenever you sign, you're going to get – like, if you're – uh, you know, one of the, the big first-rounders from the last couple of years, like if you're um, a Saquon Barkley um, or if you're um, a Baker Mayfield coming out, I think they both made uh, $20 million for their signing bonus is why I brought them up. You know, but all the way to your sixth or seventh-rounders, they're getting signing bonuses of like thirty to $40,000, right? So that's money that they can count on immediately. However, they don't make another paycheck until they uh, go to uh, summer camp, which is usually at the end of July. That's when they start making their actual paychecks. Well, as it seems right now, we're not going to have those practices at the end of July. So how is the NFL going to handle uh, their contracts? Um, I guess, I mean, I mean whatever players that have So are, are these when, – whenever they get paid, are their contracts, instead of being worded, whenever you report to spring camp, will it just say whenever, you know, July 30th hits or whatever, or August 1st, whenever that hits? Is, is that when they're going to be paid or is it, it, you know? I mean, I would assume so, especially if they're not going to be able – I mean, if there's, an, I mean, if there's a possibility of camps not happening, they're going to have to reward it somehow and, I mean, Gonna have to get paid eventually. Yeah. If they do get the signing bonus, and I honestly, I think signing bonuses might change this year a lot. I think a lot of a lot uh, a lot of the way that 
clubs and teams will be spending these next few years re- recovering from all of this. Um, I could I could see low signing bonuses of like maybe only five million dollars, you know, because teams are trying to see whether or not they're going to need this extra money to, to hold out through this if they're going to be starting in August. We're going to be pushing it back to September or November or October, you know. Right. So you so think the signing bonus looking to cut costs wherever they can, and then signing bonuses will be where they cut those costs. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, Derek Jeter just for loaned his five million dollars salary. So I mean, he's he's trying. He's doing whatever he can to be able to put whatever money he can in the Marlins to make sure they're going to stay afloat. And he is, you know, not the first. He is actually in a long line of athletes who have foregone their paychecks or have taken vastly reduced paychecks in order to make sure that uh, the rest of their uh, team needs are being met. Um, I saw where um, uh, Ronaldo had taken a severe pay cut so they could make sure that the rest of the people who took care of their venue, of their stadium and stuff, would continue to get paid through the end of either June or July. You know, and I right. thought that was awesome. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a Premier League thing going around. Uh, it's an initiative that like all Premier League players are putting in is to help uh, uh, just help put money in towards the teams and stuff. And uh, a, a U.S. company uh, went in and it's close to like being up to like a billion dollars now, I think. Yeah, it's amazing how we're we're coming together to take care of each other in a time like this, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's coming and it's it's increasing the notoriety of these players. Other athletes are putting portions of their wages towards uh, keeping uh, smaller teams afloat because a lot of teams in the lower leagues like don't see how they're going to like make it through this uh, yeah, through this break players. without folding. Um, It's definitely going to be a trying time, especially for those leagues who, you know, they didn't have the money already rolling in. Right. Well, Sean, I want to thank you for joining us here on the hard count today. And before we go, uh, Kobe, hit them with uh, how they can get in touch with us. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore hard underscore count and follow us on Facebook at uh, the hard count podcast. Uh, Yeah. Or email us at the Hardcast Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Hardcast.